message I've titled divine provision divine provision now on Friday during the half night I spoke on the realms of possibilities and while I was dealing with this issue I took a detour where I began to elaborate on God's system and pattern for bringing divine provision even into our lives. The truth of the matter is, if it is God that created us, number one, and if it is God that, if God exists, number two, then he must have the knowledge of every resource we will need in order to thrive in our callings and in our purposes. And which means also then, that not everything we desire, not everything we need to do well is available in the realm of the physical. There are dimensions that are only possible in the realm of the spirit. And it takes only God to release those dimensions to us. It takes only God to provide for us in those dimensions. And that is why every child of God needs to understand that there comes a season where you need to believe God for divine provision. Somebody say divine provision. The Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 17, that will be our key text. And I'm trusting God to share with you some principles of divine provision. In 1 Kings 17, and Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As far as the Lord of God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Amen. Verse 3. Verse 2. And the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, and for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. 6. And ravens brought him bread and flesh, or meat, in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. Hallelujah. This is Elijah. God gives his word to Elijah to be given to Ahab. The word is simply this, that God is about to lock the heavens and there is no way it's going to rain. Now after he declared this, because he was in the same environment where the word was produced, he also began to feel the impact of the same word God has sent him to speak. And so when famine came, it hit him too. But for him, God gave him an insurance policy and gave him a way out. And God told him, go and live by the brook Cherith because I have commanded ravens to come and feed you there. Now on Friday, I made you understand the kind of bird the raven is. The raven is an omnivore, which means it eats meat and eats all manner of things 
beings, just like human beings. And when God was looking for a particular bed to go and feed his prophet, God sought the bed that also loved the thing that he was carrying and sent him with those same things to go and give to the prophet. It's amazing how the raven, who is, uh, apart from it being omnivorous, it has the tendency of stealing other animals' food. It's amazing how it didn't think of stealing the food God has sent it with. Because God himself had given the raven an instruction. So he carried, how does a raven carry food that a man would eat and be satisfied? What, what, some of you, you know, you know, when you are eating banku, you see the size of the banku you are eating, you know? And look, he said, this is bread and this is meat. And the raven is carrying bread and meat and is bringing it to the prophet. And the prophet eats it and he's sustained by it. What level of strength that God provides to a raven to be able to supply him his daily needs? Hallelujah. Number two, the question is, where does the raven get the food from? What factory produces bread and flesh and calls the raven? It's time for you to come and pick it and go and wait up the prophet. We are not told all that. You see, because when it comes to divine provision, most of the time you will not have a full understanding of how God will do it. But the truth of the matter is whether you know or fully appreciate how he will do it, he will do it anyway. And for some of you, I came to tell you this morning that I see the Lord coming through for you and bringing divine provision where there is no hope, where no man can help you. May God himself step into that place and divinely produce for you in Jesus' name. Somebody shout yes. And they are praying principles that God divine provision number one before God will provide divinely for a man he first gives you himself God must first give you more of himself before he provides for you and so the Bible will say Matthew 6 33 says, seek ye first the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness and all these things shall be added. There is a smorgasbord of things God wants to add to the life of a man. There is a package, there is a collection of things God wants to give a man. But God says those things are ready, they are prepared for you. But I can't give them to you now before I release them to you. I need to first have you understand that you need me first and then I can give them to you. So he says, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness and all these things shall be added. The other day, the Bible says, and God had already spoken his word in Genesis to Abraham. And God told Abraham, I, I will make your, your descendants great. And through you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. And after the Lord had released his word to Abraham, there was a time on the journey of, of his life where he was told news that Lot had been captured in a war between Sodom, Gomorrah, and four kings. They had captured his nephew Lot. And the Bible says he gathered his men and joined forces with um, the king of Sodom and the king of Gomorrah. And they went to war and he was able to retrieve all the things that they took from these two cities, including Lot. And the Bible says the king of Sodom told him, um, now that you have helped us and we have captured everything, you give us, take whatever you want and give us this part of the thing. And the Bible says Abraham told him that I will not take anything from you because I have told God I don't need anything from you. If you provide for me, you will go around and spread that Abraham is rich because of me. And so I can't take anything from you. I will just take Lord and you can keep everything else. And the Bible says immediately he said that the next verse in Genesis chapter 14 
chapter 15 verse 1 the bible said god came to him and said fear not abraham i am thy shield and thy exceedingly great reward before god brought abraham to the place of increase god first said told abraham i am your reward I am the one that you should need. I am the one that you should desire. I am the first person you must receive if you are looking for divine provision. You see, you cannot get divine provision outside God. Then it is not divine provision. And that is why before God provides for any man, God first of all gives the man himself. Are you with me now? Hallelujah. He said, I am, imagine going to war. You know, when people even go to these days, when generals do well, they are given medals. And they are acknowledged when people do well in a nation they are paraded and the president honors them they give them the star of the water of the something something in this country they give everybody some they put some things on them and they are honored they are they receive a reward many of you in your companies after you have worked hard in the year they after you know giving you your salary and everything they now reward you with a bonus they give you something and after abraham had worked faithfully with god after abraham had gone to war god now comes to him and tells him you know what all the reward you are looking for it is not in gold it is not in silver it is not in slaves it is not in people the reward you are looking for it is it is me he says i am your exceedingly great reward any person desiring increase desiring divine provision must first come to the understanding that you must have more of god first before you can receive more of anything else you are looking for can I preach it this morning? And so the Bible says, delight yourself, Psalm 37 verse 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. He says the gateway to the desires of your heart is through the corridors of the Lord. So delight yourself in the Lord. Delight means that be excited, have joy in the Lord, be, be, be crazy about being in the presence of the Lord. And once you can delight yourself in that presence, the doorway is now open for you to receive the desires of your heart. Many people are trying to go through the back door. They are trying to receive the desires of their heart without going through God. Without first going through the corridor of the presence of God. Can I teach this one too? Now the question is this. The question is this. What is the deepest root of your joy? Where is your joy rooted? Is it, is it, is it in, in what God gives to you? Or is it in what God is to you? There are many people whose joy is rooted in what God gives to them rather than what God is to them. You see, when your joy is in what God is to you, it doesn't matter what happens in your life. You understand that you have the greatest of them all. You have the, the exceedingly great reward. Hallelujah. And that is why, child of God, your hunger for God must never die. You must guard your hunger for God and for the presence of God and for the things of God. One of the things God gives to a man that sustains the man is hunger. When, when a person is sick, they are not hungry anymore. Have you seen it before? They lose appetite. That is the ex example, that is the symptom of life leaving a person when you are you are alive and you are healthy and you are fine one of the symptoms of health is that there is hunger when a baby is born one of the first things the baby does is to cry because number one they are uncomfortable in their new environment but number two most importantly they are hungry so apart from god giving life to the baby god blesses the baby with hunger as well
Imagine a baby that is born without hunger. You see, hunger is your body's system of, for, for triggering you to realize that I am in need of sustenance. I'm in need of resources to keep me going and to keep me working. Hunger is also necessary for, your, for the vitality of your spiritual health. The day your hunger for the things of God begins to dissipate, begins to die, you need to understand that your spiritual life is dying. When your hunger for the things of God is no more, now you are not moved by being in the presence of God. You know, you are not moved by prayer, you are not moved by worship, you are now moved by all manner of things apart from being in the presence of God. Understand that your spiritual health is in danger. And so one of the first things God, you know, the enemy does to a man when he wants to encircle and ensnare the man is to begin to kill his hunger for God. And that is why there are many people when they spend one hour in church and you are preaching and the word is powerful, whilst others are receiving and they are being blessed by the word, those other people are yawning and they are in a hurry for the service to close. <laughs> those same people as soon as service is over when they step out do you not realize that their vitality is back their energy is back as if they are not the same people who five minutes ago were yawning in church have you not tried it before where you wake up and you feel like today I want to pray and five minutes into the prayer suddenly you feel some way feel like you are tired you are lethargic it's like now text messages are coming are checking a few before you realize it's gone let that same person begin to key into series on Netflix the person can sit from morning to evening and has not even realized they haven't eaten yet. What the enemy seeks to do is to kill your hunger because he understands that if I can kill your hunger, I will remove you from the presence of God. And so this is David and David says that as the deer panted for the waters, so my soul longed after you. Listen, this is King David we are talking about. A king that had access to the whole kingdom. A king in whose lapse authority dwelt. A king that God himself was proud of. This is a king that even before he came to the limelight, women were singing the praises of the king. This is David we are talking about. The king who went to war and went to many wars and never lost any. He was winning every war because God was with him. You see, and yet he says that as the deer panted after the waters, so my soul longed after you. In fact, he goes a step further and he says that um, renew a right spirit in me. Have you heard, have you seen that scripture before? He said, cast me not away from thy presence. He says, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. He said, if you like, you can take the throne. If you like, you can take the kingdom. If you like, you can take all the money, all the wealth. If you like, even these women who were singing the other day and announcing who I was, forget about them. You can keep everything. But if there is something you shouldn't take, oh God, don't take your spirit away from me. Because he had understood the value of who God was and who God was for him in his life. So before you can walk in a dimension of divine provision, you must first have more and more of God. Can I talk to you this morning? One of the evidence that you are still in alignment with God is your hunger for God. Don't lose it. You see, because your, your appetite is indicative of what is on your inside. Your appetite. A cow choose grass because it has the mechanism on the inside to process that grass if it begins to choose something else the system is not designed to receive the, the thing else, the other thing the only thing it is designed to process you know the 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 uh, omason abomason they've taught you those things a great science the four chambers 
and he chews and he moves here, moves here, and it goes and it even comes back again. You have forgotten your science. Hallelujah. Because the appetite for grass is indicative of what is on the system, what is on the inside that can process what the appetite is desiring for. And so, what, whenever you have an appetite for certain things, let it be a red flag to you that it is an indication of what is on the inside. Because whatever you have on your inside will begin to show itself on the outside eventually. Can I talk to you? Yeah. If a lion chews grass, it will be an error. Because it doesn't have the same systemic makeup that the cow has. And yet, the cow is fatter than the lion. The cow that is, that is a herbivore is still fatter. Because the system can receive every nutrient and process it rightly according to its purpose. You must understand that because the Bible says that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. I've taught you that the church or the temple is not this building. Because we can move this church outside right now and be in the car park and the presence of God will still be there. Why? He says, where two or three are gathered in my name, in their midst I am there. He, he didn't say anything about location. He said everything about the gathering of the people and unto whom they have gathered. So it is you and I that is the embodiment of the church. And if you are a church, you must be on fire like a church. You must be pure like a church. You must be holy like a church. Am I talking to somebody this morning? You must be prayerful like a church. You must be hungry for the presence of God like a church. There is no temple throughout scripture that didn't have an altar. Because the altar kept, kept the fire burning and was an indication of the presence of God in the temple. They, not only did it have altars, it had the act of the covenant in there. And you are the present, you are the carrier of the presence of God. And so if this is true, that you carry the presence of God, and God is on your inside, and your body is the temple, it will always reflect in the kinds of things you have an appetite for. I pray for us that may our hunger for the things of God never die in the name of Jesus. Look at somebody say, may your hunger for the things of God never die. And so the Bible says in Matthew chapter 5 verse 6, it says, blessed are they who, are hung, who hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. It says, blessed are they who hunger and thirst because in the spirit, hunger and thirst is a good thing. It says, they shall be filled. In other words, the, the, the doorway to be filled is through hunger for God and hunger for the presence of God. Listen, if you only feel God or the presence of God when you come to church, you need to reach, check your life again. Can I go there? You know, it's like when you only feel the presence of God when you come and apostle lifts a song and then now, now you are feeling, when you go home, you don't feel anything. You are carrying the presence of God. Are you still on B? I lift up your voice. Ah, 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 ah,
Everybody begin to pray in the spirit right now. In the next one minute, everybody lift up your voice. As newborn babes, desire sincere, the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. As newborn babes, desire. The, the NIV says, as newborn babes, crave, be hungry for. And what's the consequence of that? That you may grow. In other words, growth is a product of hunger. If you want to grow in your spiritual life, it will always start with hunger. If you want to grow in your study of the word, it will always start with hunger. If you are hungry enough, you'll be filled. Blessed are they that are hungry, for they shall be filled. I pray that God gives us grace to sustain our hunger in the name of Jesus. You see, because if you don't develop the desire for more of God, when God begins to lift you, there is the temptation that the lifting will begin to represent God in your life. The lifting will begin to become like a God for you. Because you have not desired the Lord as you grow. But as you rise and the Lord lifts you and your desire is in place and your craving for God and your pantering for God is in place. Listen to me, there is nothing, there is no level of rising that will cause you to lose sight of who God is in your life. And so the Bible will talk about Job and say concerning him that he was the richest man in his time, in his generation. He was the wealthiest man in his generation. He lost his wealth, but he didn't lose his holiness and fear and hunger for God. He was the richest and he was the holiest. He lost one, but he didn't impact the other because his hunger for God was intact. In fact, when he lost everything, the first thing he said was that it is God who gives and it's God who takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The man who has just lost everything is still giving glory to God. What does he know? What has he seen? And you see, at the end of the day, when the story was over, he got a double for everything he lost because his hunger for God was alive. It was still there to sustain him. Listen, and so after the Lord had given him a double, there is no way he's going to become proud or going to lose sight of who God is because when God lifted him and brought him down, he still panted after God. Now that he has received a double, I'm sure he'll be panting after God more. He'll be panting after God more. May our hunger for God not die. You see, there are even many pastors, when God starts blessing them, you see, the, the, the blessing of the Lord comes with reduction in hunger for God. So when they didn't have anything, you know, many men of God started on the packs. You do prayer meetings on packs. Praying hours and, you know, all those were on fire. I mean, even this ministry started on a pack. Prayer meetings and people were there and believing God, praying on packs. The moment God starts, they start, they buy their, you know, they buy their first car. You know, it's not every, everything is not about prayer. You know, sometimes it's principles. Sometimes it's strategy. The moment they buy their first house, it's like, now when it's prayer meeting, man of God won't come for prayer meeting. You have to come into the church and be escorted in because he doesn't pray anymore. It's like he has gotten to a level where he thinks he doesn't need prayer anymore because he is receiving blessings. 
no matter how high God lifts us, may we never stop being hungry for more and more of God and more and more of his presence. He told Abraham, I am your exceedingly great reward. May he be our exceedingly great reward in the name of Jesus. Whether we rise or we fall, may he be our exceedingly great reward. In our offices, may he be our exceedingly great reward. When we step foot there, may they recognize that these are the ones who walk with God. These are the ones who love God. These are the ones who have a hunger and a desire for God. Somebody shout yes. You see, there are some of us who have gone through an experience that has impacted our hunger for God. We went through an experience in some church, you know, went through an experience in the hands of a man of God, went through an experience in life where we lost everything, went through something. And suddenly we started analyzing this whole God thing, this whole God thing. It is only proof that the only reason you pursue God was in those things. So that the day those things were not there, your pursuit of God was extinguished. But you see, I've told you, come to that place whether, so to understand whether God blesses us or not, we are for him. We die here. God told um, um, Moses, said, I want to see your glory. I want to see. He was telling God, I want to see your glory. What did God say? God told Moses, he said, there is no way any man can see my glory and, and be alive. If you see my glory, you will die. Moses said, what am I going to do with this life? I don't need this life. Just show me your glory. If I die, I die. It is your glory I want to see. The guy didn't care about anything in life. He, he, he forgot that he was the leader of the people. He didn't care. He said, I am ready to let everything go just to see your presence. Just to taste your glory. That's how much of, of a desire and a hunger he had. He pushed God. God said, okay, you know what? Just hide yourself in this cleft. And I'm going to let my glory pass by. It will just pass by. Because if I let you see, you die. I haven't finished with you yet. I need to show you some things and cause you to lead my people. And so I'll just let my glory pass by. And God showed him his backside. And he still experienced the glory of God. May money not change our desire for God. You see, if I don't teach you some of these things now, some of you are here under the sound of my voice. The kind of money you will make in life, it will be scary. Yeah. The kind of elevation God will bring to you, it will be dangerous. The kind of lifting God will bring to you, it will be scary for many people. And so these are the times I need to teach you these things, these foundational truths, so you understand that my hunger and pursuit for God must still be sustained, irrelevant of what is amount of money is in my pocket. Hallelujah. You know, that's why sometimes people come and say, hey, also we have arrived. I say, I've arrived where? Where? Like, where are we going that you have, you have arrived me? I'm, I'm, where? The, the hunger must be sustained. Hallelujah. When we are 5,000 people, we will just be 5,000 people who are hungry for God. When we are 10,000 people, we will be 10,000 people who are hungry for God. Nothing will change us. May we continue pursuing God. Because our provision is in God. He will first give you himself before he can give you the provision you are looking for. The Bible says that a, um, a man was going on a journey, called a servant and gave talents to them. Before he gave the talents, he called them. 
Which means anybody who was not called to the presence of that man, immediately you are disqualified from receiving talent. Only those who appeared before the man became recipients of talents. Are you with me now? And so the talent we want is in the presence of God. It is in making an appearance, showing up in the presence that we receive. Listen, if the devil can even receive his desires in the presence of God, how much more you? It's in your Bible. And on that day in the book of Job, when the sons of God had gathered in heaven, the devil also made an appearance. God asked him, where are you coming from? And he says, I'm coming from roaming to and fro on the face of the earth. And he says, I'm looking for a man. And God said, oh, you're looking for a man. I have what you are looking for. I have your answer. Have you not seen my servant Job? So when the devil appeared in the presence, God gave him his request. How much more you? Who the Bible says that we are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. How much more you? I pray for you that we will forever remain in the house of the Lord, in the presence of the Lord. Somebody shout amen. Yeah. Have you not read in Psalm 23? He said that uh, when he says all those things, my cup shall run over. And he says all those beautiful things. Thou anointed my head with oil. Beautiful. Then he says, I will go to the um, valley of the shadow of death, but I will not be afraid. Why? For the Lord, he says all those beautiful things. He says, starts with verse 1 and says that the Lord is my shepherd and he says what? I shall not one beautiful things nice blessings how does he end he says that and i will dwell in the house of the lord forever after saying all these things the conclusion of the matter for him is that i would dwell in the house of the lord when how many days how many weeks forever this is david i would dwell when you dwell in a place, it's different from when you frequent a place or when you visit a place. The dwelling, you've made the place your abode. He's saying that I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Have you not read that the Bible says, They that dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. It is a privilege for those who have come to the place where they understand the power of dwelling. The power of dwelling. Not visitors. They are Sunday visitors to the presence. You are welcome. But after today, may we dwell in the name of Jesus. Look at somebody's face and say, dwell, dwell, dwell. Or look at another, say, dwell, dwell. Number two principle. Number two principle. For divine provision. God's provision may not always follow your expectation. It's a principle. God's provision. God. God's release may not always follow your expectation. Exodus chapter 16 verse 4. Please put it up. Exodus 16 4. Can we read it together? Please. Ready? Go. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Amen. 31. 31. 31. And it says, And the house of Israel called the name therefore manna, and it was like coriander seed, white, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Amen. They went to Moses and they were complaining 
I mean, did you bring us out of Egypt for us to come and die here? You know, in Egypt, we didn't lack anything. Everything was fine. In Egypt, uh, we had meat, we had fish. In Egypt, I mean, we had freedom, we had liberty. In Egypt, everything was fine. You have brought us in Egypt. We have been working all this while. You even give us food to eat. What kind of God is this? The people of Israel sound like some of us. You know, when I was in the world, I had money. When I was in the world, I can call two people right now. And they will give me, have you, have you had those people before? It's like now that I've come to Christ, I'm struggling. But when I was in the world, I had money. Let me call Mr. Jata right now. Because she's Where is he? He didn't come to church. Or he's outside. Tell him I'm dialing his numbers in church. Let me call this person right now. Let me do this. Because in the past, you know, but now I've come to God. The same thing they were saying. Have you not heard that the Bible says when they were in Egypt, that God said, tell the children of Israel, their cry has come up to me. So when they were there, they were actually crying to God that they wanted to be freed. Now that they have been freed, they are attacking him and they are telling you, know, when we were there, things were fine. And God said, no problem. I'm supplying for you. I'm bringing you manna. They called it manna because when they picked it, they began to ask each other, what is this? What is this? And that became the name manna, which means what is this? Numbers chapter 11 verse 4 Numbers 11 4 and the mixed multitude that was among them fell lasting and I wish you would do NIV so they can understand it says the foreigners that were there the foreigners yes the rabble with them foreigners began to crave other food and again, the Israelites started wailing and said, if only we had meat to eat. If only. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt. At no cost. Also, the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. But now we have lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. The people who were crying, give us, give us, give us. God provided manna. Now, when we go to Numbers 11, those same people are telling God, we have had enough of this manna. What is all this? We are sick and tired of this. Give us meat. Give us melons. Give us cucumber. God's system of, of provision may not always follow your pattern. It may not always follow your expectation. There is a way God will provide for you. But you need the wisdom to be able to identify that this is God. And be able to thank him for what he's doing so as to open the doors for more. You see, provision is in dimensions. And God will not always start you from the top. He will start you from the bottom. And your reaction and appreciation of what he's doing at that level is what will sustain your rising and sustain the doors of provision for you. Am I talking to somebody? See, the, the man who called them, and give them talents. The Bible says he gave one this, gave one that, gave one five. The man who was able to give one five, at the end of the day, he told the one who didn't do anything, take it and add it to this one. Which means he had the ability to give him more than the five he gave him, but he still started with him from five. Because God's strategy for provision will always start you from down and bring you up. He will start you from manna. And if, and if you don't appreciate the manna, you have just blocked yourself from access to the next dimension of provision. His release, his provision will not always follow your pattern, your expectation. 
You know, Joseph is in prison. He had just given an interpretation to a man's dreams. And the man says, I'm going. When I'm free, I'll remember you. He goes and he doesn't remember him. Understand that if the man had gone and God had provided a way of escape for Joseph, for the man to just say, a man spoke to me about something, so go and bring him out, that would have been useless for his destiny. Because what would that coming out of jail do for him? God knew that I need to keep him there and only release him so he can sit on that seat. And so the timing is critical. So although he has done a good thing, his heart is pure, he wants me to release him now. I am not going to release him now. My provision will not follow his pattern or his expectation. I am still going to wait till the time I have planned for him. So God's system for provision will not always follow your expectation. There are many of us expecting many, many things. How many of us don't have any expectation? How many of us have expectations? Okay. How many of us have expectations that scare us? Your own expectation scares you. Yeah. Dreams that scare you. If your dreams are not scaring you, they are not dreams enough. You need to go and dream again. Ask somebody, are your dreams big enough? Do they scare you? Someone says, my dream is to buy fine yogurt. We need to deliver you so you can go and de-dream and re-dream. Are you with me? Yeah. So the way God, look, it's like, look, so full, prophet who, a whole prophet. Charlie, I just displayed my prophetic grace, prophetic anointing by prophesying to Israel and telling the whole of Israel that there will be no rain. You will think that God is directing you to a restaurant, moving pick, for you to go and eat at moving pick. Go, I've made waiters, your bread and your fish and your, everything is there. Just go and mention, go, I've come. God didn't command human, he commanded raven. In fact, the Bible says, when you read um, um, the Levitical laws, one of the unclean beds is the raven. So God is actually sending an unclean bed to come and feed me. Just saw the brother, never back maybe on the cross, no? Or they are what brother, never stop. And I, Hey, that's, that's how God decides. And God keeps him there. He was drinking from the brook chariot and drank and drank and drank. When the brook ran dry, God said, okay, phase two. I'm moving you from being provided for by ravens to being provided for by an actual human being. Go to the widow. I've commanded her to feed you. It is how Elijah respected God's word to be sustained and provided for in the hands of a raven. That brought him to the place where now he was being provided for by a widow. If he had despised that level, that raven level, he would have missed the widow level. Are you with me? So God's system for raising men and providing for men will not always follow expectation. Some of you have beautiful expectations. You know, um, right now, I'm applying to Canada. They will, they will give me visa, I'll go to Canada. I'll go and work for three years in Canada. I'll get plenty of money. And then, and God and the hosts of heaven are there. God calls Gabriel, say, come and look at Ajwaya. Look at what Ajwaya is saying. Bring, bring the book of records. Have you not seen? She, is, she doesn't realize that that is not the pattern for her life. So she's expecting something different. We need to push her in another way. So she goes to apply for the visa and they bounce her. And she's angry with God. She's angry because... Ah, 
I prayed, I fasted, I sold. Why? God is just watching from heaven. Am I communicating to somebody? Yeah. The way God provides will not always follow your expectation. I've told many of you, somebody is there looking for capital of 10,000 cities to go and start a business. 10,000 cities. In the mind of this fellow, he's hoping that he'll wake up tomorrow morning, Gabriel will just fly with his wings and appear at his door and says, God sent me with a check for 10,000 cities. You can cash it at the bank of God, Heaven Street. God, uh, Bank of Heaven. Bank of God, B-O-G. And God doesn't do that. But she's there and somebody sends her, oh, it's your birthday, I'm, send, I'm sending home with 1,000. The next day, someone says, oh, I like this thing, 200, 500. In the space of three weeks, if you actually do the sum of the money that has passed through the person's hand, it will be equal to the same 10,000. But because it didn't come in the measure and in the way he was expecting, he has despised all of them. A buy or the Ari pizza. Coke. A Fufuak Sunday Omutuo specials. Shawama. And all the. Chibum, chibum. Of course, yeah, yeah, chikos, yeah, four. Mama, bro, don't know, yeah, nadia. Hey, what is all this? Yeah, but could it be that that is what God is providing for you, but it's not coming in the way you expected? In fact, sometimes the provision comes through people, but these people don't look like. They don't come in the packages we are expecting them. Imagine the widow who needed a son, widow of Zaphorek, Zarephath, who needed a son. And this is a man who is coming. He's homeless, clearly. He doesn't have any money. If he had money, he could have found a place to rent to sleep. So he didn't have money. He's homeless. He's walking about. And yet, he is the one God has sent to come and give you the son you have been looking for. And the Bible says she perceived that this one is a man of God and provided an inn for her, for him in his house. And whenever the man is passing, the man comes to sleep there. In fact, they have, they have done, you know, when you build your house, this is my son's room, this is my daughter's room, this is mommy and daddy's room, this is, this is guest room. The woman had created a room, this is Elisha's room. Every time you are passing, you can come there. Specially made for you. The homeless man, cashless man, was still the man with whom God had given the release for a baby to provide a baby for this woman. They didn't come in the way she, she you know, you know, and it's unfortunate. Even in our generation, many of us think that the mighty, well, if, you're, if you're a man of God and you're anointed, you must drive the biggest cars in town, you must, you know, you must dress and you must have 15 bodyguards around you. Are you serious? So if you meet a man who carries grace, a man that the hand of the Lord is upon, a man that God is with, and the man is so simple, many people are likely to despise the man because of his simplicity. So the packages God releases help, releases, releases provision through, do not always come in the way we expect them. 
It's a very important principle of provision. If you don't understand this and you are always going with your own expectation, there are doors that will never open to you. You see, because what is, what is behind a door is not always evidenced by the nature of the door. Are you with me? What is behind a door is not always evidenced by the nature of the door. There are some of our mothers, when you go to their homes now and you see their door, the doors that lead to their room, it doesn't look anything nice. When you enter the room and they open the drawer and show you some money, you can collapse. The money they tie with a rubber band. Some of them, they don't trust banks like that. So they have tied everything and they have, it is there. But if you look, you are wondering why you have this money and you have this door. Are you with me now? So doors are not always, nature of doors are not always indications to what are behind them. It's like when they say don't judge a book by its cover. Because the cover may not necessarily give you a clue to the content of the book. There are many of us, God will send you help, but the help may not come the way you are looking because it's not packaged in alignment with your expectation. Do you know that there are some of you, the man you will marry will, may not be according to your expectation? But you, you think I am my wife's expectation? I'm not my wife. I'm telling you. Should I tell them? The first time she met me, she asked for me, I like white men. I like white. Look at me, there's no blacker man than me. Some behind some tree over there, that's where I'm from. But when she saw me, it's like the woman, the widow of Zarephath, she could perceive this is one that carries grace. What are you talking about? So, they, some of you, you may marry a man that is, some of your expectation, he must be six, six, six feet six. He must have six packs. He must, he must know how to wear, you know, um, half shoe and then, then some things and, you know. It be so I'm be brown Me, compressed. All in one package. I'm the neighbor. But I'm so fixated on on packaging. Anything I'm going for sale, adults are going to they understand that if I can package myself well, people will give me access. So we pay attention more to the package than the content. When you see them, all those people running around, I'm a prophet, I'm this, I'm that. They wear the nicest suits, green, purple suits, some things, shiny things, gold things here, eagle things here. You see their posters. Some of them, they have a sword on it. So the fire is coming out of their mouth. All man, because they think that they must, they must package. And then some of you, once you see, hey, yeah, hey, Jamal Kasa, yeah, hey, Jafinelu, hey, Jafinelu. Look, the man that God sent ahead of Jesus, John the Baptist, was so He was so simple that he was eating locusts and honey. Hey, locusts, insects, and honey. The man's father was a priest for crying out loud. His mother was from the, uh, 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 you know, the father of, the, of, of, uh, of Elizabeth was a priest of the order of Abia. So he was born into priestly family. And you know how the Israelites adored their priests. 
So it wasn't about lack because if he wanted, he could have gone. But he left everything and God put him in the desert. And he was eating locusts and honey. That was the voice. That's like the voice crying out in the desert. And he was the one. And Jesus said of all the men born of women, there is none greater than John the Baptist. He said the packaging may deceive you, but he's the greatest. He may not be eating the choices of food, but he's the greatest. He is not coming with chains and gold ornaments and looking all priestly, but in the presence of God, he is the greatest amongst all prophets. That was the testament Jesus gave concerning him. If you value package more than content, you'll be disappointed in life. Some of you, the only reason you are dating the people is because they are fair. You like the fair color. That's the only reason. Yeah. It's like, they will misbehave and misbehave. I, 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 about your coco. More focused on the package than the content. You know, it is only in our dealings with other people that we are more focused on package. When it comes to even the food we eat, we are more concerned with the content than the package. If I ask you to describe that a tin of milo, most of you, the only thing you can tell me is that it's green. But you can't actually recollect with exactness how it has been designed. You only know the content and appreciate. So if I put something else in a Milo tin and I give it to you, once you taste it, you can tell this is no Milo. Irrespective of what the, con the, the cover tells me, the taste is not the Milo I know. Because we have groomed ourselves and trained ourselves to appreciate the content of the food we eat more than the cover. Why then do we place covering in, in our relationship with human beings? Why do we place covering over content? So there are people who are sitting in churches, God is not there. Because they are just excited to be associated with the so-and-so church. They go there and dance and go home. There is no impact on their lives. There is no grace released. There is nothing dispensed from the altar. Everything they talk about is money. Have you been there before? Everything is money. Jump, money. Come down, money. Hey, money. Ah, money. The way God provides may not always follow. Why is God sending a raven? If it were today's prophets, we'll be telling God, 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 no, no, you can't send me. Look at me. At my homie. Like, have you not heard my name? I am Elisha, the, Elijah the Tishbite. I'm sending raven. Look, people are passing. They will see I'm eating raven food. They will think I'm stealing from the raven. Look, oh God, people are watching. When your expectation is in alignment with God's will. They are not bothered. However, God provides for you. Amen. C can we pray? Can we pray? Next week, I'll give you the other two principles. I'll give you the other two principles next week. But I want you to lift up your right hand. Your prayer is, as we enter the new month, the month of May, may Jehovah Jireh come through for you. May he be your provider. As you have desired to be hungry and go after him and pursue him, may God alone be your provider. Please lift up your voice and begin to pray. Please lift up your voice. Lava <laughs> 
Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Kofali ato shadala daba ikata nemeno shadala dabrantata apa 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 ratefe lateneme ko shadala braha ikose de tepehe mande du zetele father we give you glory and we give you praise provide for us in the name of Jesus we bring ourselves into alignment and ask, O oh God, that you divinely provide in the month of May in Jesus' name. Everything we need for our sustenance, everything we need for our rising, that you will provide it and release it, even unto us. In the mighty, matchless name of the Lord Jesus, we call it done. Amen. Put your hands together, celebrate Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr. For more of these messages, please subscribe to his podcast and SoundCloud. It's Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr. To interact with him, like his page on Facebook, follow him on Twitter at Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr.